Are you ready, Robert? I am ready. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Let's Get Into It. I'm uh, Mark Roberts. This is Tootie. Oh, nicknames. We were going to talk about nicknames. That was the other thing. And then we've got... Justin Nichols. That's right. What do you like to go by, Nicks? My whole life I've pretty much gone by my first or my last name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. That's true. When I, when I first signed up to Instagram, Mark Roberts was taken. Right. So... I think I was just trying to do it really fast, so I thought back to one of my favorite characters in a movie, which was Iceman okay. from Top Gun, and I thought, oh, I'll just go, I'll go with ice. Because you are not cold as ice. You no. are like the, the most optimistic dude I've ever met He's in my nice. life. He's nice. He should be Mark nice. nice. That's Mark right. Nice, Here Roberts. Is. How'd you get your... Uh... Okay, so Lopez... Back in 2005, maybe, we were working on this show called ESPN Hollywood. And I had on this, like, polka dot shirt and this fedora. He's like, what are you wearing? And I said, what are you talking about? He's like, you're looking like uh, like Tootie Cicero from Goodfellas, the fat guy. Mm-hmm. You know, Paulie's brother? Mm-hmm. He started calling me Tootie. I tried to reverse it on him and call him Tootie. It didn't work. So you kept it for all these years? I didn't want it. Because it's a fat guy from a movie. I mean, I like the movie, but I was like, hey, what a dick. Do you have a nickname? Buffalo Knuckles. Well, why Buffalo Knuckles? Buffalo stems from my last name is Nichols, but right. it's not spelled like the, the coin. But, you know, there was the Buffalo Nickel for oh, like a God. while, like in the yeah. 40s. Wow. It's it's a stretch. You know, it's it a stretch. stretch. And then the Knuckles is like kind of rhymes with Nichols and it's a boxing podcast. But you know what he really likes? <laughs> he really likes wings. I do wings. love wings. Oh, yeah. I love wings, too. Who doesn't, Who doesn't like wings? Um... But let's talk about your movie, right? I think we need. No, an you're update. not getting off that easy, player. <laughs> Why not? We we're going to talk about names. We're going to talk about names. Yeah, remember we said Mark Roberts. Mark Roberts is not my real name. No, no, it's not. What is it? My real name is Marco Antonio Gildemontes. It's a matter of how you feel about it. I am a Mexican American, first generation. Yeah. Um, and it's what I am. I'm brown. Roberts was not an obvious choice. That's kind of like me too. Like, okay, so I'm Rod Rinks. Like, I'm Tootie around like the Lopez crew or right. everything else. But like my family, when they started hearing that name, they were like, "Who? What? Do you, what is he calling you?" And then I explained. So now I'm. It's the same thing. It's just easier. I go by either or. Like, right. if, if you call me Tootie, that's fine. If you call me Rod, that's fine too. I mean, um, we to get a little bit deeper. I think that my that changing my name also is just part of my journey as yeah. a Mexican American kid yeah. because I grew up in a Mexican family in East Los Angeles and I think that changing my name was just not that big a deal for me. And by the way, um in my family and even Lopez and even you and my closest friends don't call me Roberts. <laughs> You know, they'll call yeah. me Gildemontes. Yeah. It's really a name that, that gets used and has become my identity as a professional. Actually, you do kind of have a nickname. We call you Gildemonster. Gildemonster, right? Yeah, Which because is... one of Lopez's assistants right. had no idea. She said she said your name. She goes, oh, Gildemonster. Uh, Gildemonster's coming. We're like, what? Right. That's so that's, a, sh- that's a, a variation of Gildemontes. If I was living in Mexico with my family and I had grown up there, of course, I would never have changed it. Yeah. I just thought, this is easy, man. Yeah. I'm just going to go for the easy name and cut to the chase and move yeah. into it. A lot of people call me on it. They'll be like, you're not Roberts. Do they really? Well, you know, there's another Mark. You look Mark. Latino. How can you be a Roberts? There is a Mark Roberts, so a TV producer. Very yeah. famous. Very famous. Yeah, very yeah. famous. In fact, an agent I work with, um, 
Debbie Dubel represents that Mark Roberts too. So now both Mark Roberts are calling into the same agency. Is that funny? Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about your movie. Downstairs. How many days are you into it now? I'm into it four days. How much have you shot? We've shot. I've shot about forty percent of this movie in four days. The first day we shot uh, on Sunday, we shot for sixteen hours straight, and uh, I tried to break, and the guys didn't want to break. They How wanted many pages? To keep I think we shot 28 scenes, mm-hmm. um, and I think it was probably around 16 or 17 pages, they said. What camera did you use? We used a some Sony that you could shoot in the dark with. Oh, okay. a, a 4G. in the dark, but well, no, 4K, not, you mean. 4K, not 4G. Yeah, 4K. Um, I was I was co-directing with this guy, Ron Lee, a buddy of mine who I've worked with a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and since I was in front of the camera, and we had kids. I had three kids in my movie in the first day. Wow. Um, and it all worked out. Were they uh, your kids? They were my kids. Easier to control. Easier to control. Well, my daughter, not so much. She even told me she's two. She said at one point, I'm done and walked off. And I was like, damn, what can we do? <laughs> okay. Switch the shutter up. <laughs> but, um, camera guy, his dad, Sammy does lights and audio. Kamani's my camera guy. Uh, lights and audio is done by Sammy. And then Ron Lee directs. And then we have a script supervisor, this girl, Mina, who kind of helps, you know, with everything. Uh, and my wife did makeup. Like, this is the way indies have been done for years and years and years. Yeah. You're in it because you can afford yourself yep. and you follow directions. And I killed it, too. You've got Come your on. wife doing makeup. Why? Because you can rely on her and she'll be there and she's yes. probably not, she's probably doing it for free. Yeah. You got your kids in it because they're probably doing it for free. They're yeah. right there anyway. Yeah. You got your friends that you work with helping you do camera, their friends helping them do lights and everything else. Yeah. So as a result, you're really, truly an indie. Yeah filmmaker in its truest form absolutely and then i was looking at the playbacks dude it looks really good and we moved at such a quick pace where'd you get your actors one of the guys i was in mob town with him and he was also in Gotti. this guy named kyle he's really good let me ask you did you use anybody that you did not know in other words did you go out and cast someone online or through facebook no so everybody in your movie is someone that you knew personally everybody is somebody i knew personally because we did Super gorilla style, dude. When I tell you gorilla style, I mean like, you know, jumping out of cars and uh, I don't even want to say locations. Did but... you pay for locations? No. No. I pay for Did I you mean, pay? pay... I... Do you have insurance? Uh, Kind of. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes you can borrow insurance from that's other what I people. Did. Okay, good. Yeah, so that's yeah. easy. I used to have a company uh, where I carried year-round insurance for shooting. Yeah. And it would cover cameras, camera cars, anything, yeah. lights, anything that have to do with uh, renting things because rental houses won't let you rent yeah. anything unless you have insurance. So I used to carry it, but I would lend it to uh, to filmmakers Dude, that's great. I, I mean, do you still have that? No, I don't have I don't have insurance anymore. But um, let me wrap this up real quick. So you have a ninety eight page script. You yeah. have ten thousand dollars. All of the people are people that you knew. You have shot forty percent of the movie. Forty percent. Okay, so ten percent a day. You've yeah. shot right. So you've shot about ten pages a day. Yep. Average. Yeah. So congratulations. It sounds like you're well on your way to finishing your movie. Thank you. Um, I was going to talk about collaborating. Yeah. You got to collaborate a lot in this business. Yeah. You have to listen and work on scripts together. You have to co-direct the way you're doing. You have to act and stuff if you have to. There was a great documentary about Spielberg on HBO. I don't know if it was this year. I think it was last year. What I didn't know, which was the most fascinating part of that documentary, is that Scorsese, Spielberg, Lucas, 
Palma. De Palma all were hanging out together. Oh, imagine making hanging out movies. With that crew. Well, it leads me to the question of was Spielberg Spielberg when he was five or six? Yeah, I think he was because remember the videos that they talk yeah, about? Well, was, was De Palma De Palma when he was 12, 10? 13, 14, yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, all these course, guys, yeah. you're right. Of course, yeah. the answer is, of course, they were. Yeah. Then you are whoever you want to be right now. You're there. You know, there's no, it's not coming. I'm not going to be yeah. none of that. Yeah. You're you're that right now. I'm looking at you right now because I've, I've heard you say this before. Well, it's fact, true, it's though. We have to, as filmmakers, believe in ourselves deeply because we're not going to become no. anything. We're, we are. You're just going to sharpen the skills. Yeah, you, you'll yeah, you'll be better at, at whatever it is you're doing as you do more of it. So therefore, do more of it. But um, the collaboration between Scorsese, Spielberg, Lucas, and De Palma is pretty amazing. In fact, I think I remember one of the scenes they were talking about. Uh, Lucas had come in and said, hey, I want you guys to watch a, a scene of my movie. Yeah. And De Palma was like, what is what yeah. is that hairy dude? And what is this storyline? I don't understand. It's all convoluted with Star Wars. Yeah. And Spielberg says that Lucas turned three different colors of red and wanted to punch De Palma in the face. Yeah. De Palma apparently said, you need some sort of backstory. What's the plot? Goes, right? What's you the plot? What is this why, about? What's this hairy dude and yeah. this computer guy and this R2-D2? What, what are these guys? You know, you're not going to always like what people say, but if you're willing to always look at your work as a growing, breathing thing, yeah. then you're going to make it better. You yeah. really are. You're, you don't know who's around you. I mean, these guys, did they know that Spielberg, Scorsese, Lucas, and De Palma, did they know that they were all going to define what film is all about over the next 40 years? I mean, I don't know that they knew, but I think they respected each other. Well, I think they respected each because I saw the doc. It's dope. I think they respected each other, and I think they're all so creative that they all helped each other become who they became. You know but isn't I mean? that funny to have someone you respect? look at your work and be like, what in the world are you doing? Like, what is that? Shouldn't you give me a little bit more information before you throw all this, all yeah. these scenes at me? I don't know what your movie's about. Like if someone spoke to you like that about your work, I don't know that, you know, you have to be really big yeah. to go back and to think, Hmm. I mean, to take away all the meaning to the anger or the upset or the jealousy yeah. or whatever that was to take away all of that and just take the gold out of that, which would be, huh, maybe I should think about adding yeah. some information to the beginning of my movie. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So if you can do that, if you can turn around and uh, and look at your scripts and the comments from other people, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I'm very good at that. I, even my wife will criticize something I'm doing. I mean, I listen to her now, yeah. but it wasn't always an easy thing for me to do. I, I would always feel like I believe in this, therefore it's great. But if you do look at, at stuff objectively, you could certainly step back from your work and be like, you know what? Maybe these are good points. And, you know, sometimes you can get a room full of 10 people, yeah. have them watch uh, your movie yeah. and have them all write down what they like most, what they like least, what character they liked, what character stood out, what character would they like to see more of. Literally put 10 questions on a questionnaire yeah. and have them all write it down separately and then later go through each one of those questions and see who matched up and, the, and whatever stack you have that's the highest yeah. on any certain question, then you have to make those changes. Would you make that in – see, I would love for that to be something with like a script. But it's so hard to get people to read scripts. No one wants to read a script. I don't even like reading. I mean, That's why you, gotta, you have to sharpen your pitch so that it's a couple of minutes long, get it all in there. And then you have to have a synopsis. 
Well, well yeah, but, one page. E- but even with that, I'm just, like getting back to what you're saying. Like you show a movie and then they tell you, you know, you do an, uh, you know, like a questionnaire like that. What would you like to see? What would you not? But wouldn't it be dope if they're, I mean, they have it like the blacklist, that website, you could submit your script, you pay a monthly fee, a membership fee, people read it, they tell you what they like, what they don't like, and you too have to read other people's scripts. So I guess right. it is. Out it's there. objective. I think, um, but you have to collaborate, dude. Or you're you not have no make choice. It. You have to collaborate. You have to listen to the people around you, no matter how it comes out of their mouth. Yeah. It's not always going to be like, oh, hey, you know, I kind of felt like this about that. I'm not sure if you'd like to change. I mean, it's not going to always sound lovely. No. It's going to sound like criticism. Sound it's going to sound like criticism. If I say like, you know, I liked your movie, but that main character was unbelievable to me and it kind of blew it for me. Yeah. Like there are certain notes that you're going to get that you can't change. Right. There's going to be notes that you're like, oof, good point, but I can't do anything about that. I've shot it. That's my character. He's in the whole thing (laughs) or she's in the whole thing. But it is important to collaborate. And the sooner you start collaborating, the sooner you can change the things that may not be perfect about your project. Or you can listen to them, find out if you agree at any point. Once you stop being upset about what someone has mentioned to you about your project. Yeah. Can there be something constructive in what was mentioned about your script, about your movie, about whatever? Um, and then you move forward. Well, you know, like these guys I work with, that's how we all roll. And that's why they like working with me, they said, because... You're collaborative. Because I'm super collaborative. There's sometimes... I, I don't always know, like Kubrick said, I don't always know what I want, but I know what I don't want. And then they'll add stuff in, and it works. Like when we did The Kiss, we all worked together on that short film. Uh, Sammy had an idea. He was doing lighting and audio. He goes, you know, it'd be a dope shop. Cause we were sitting there at this bar looking at, okay, how can we, you know, the dad's going to yell at the hitman and the wife, the daughter's in the background. And I'm thinking about shit. Here's how I wrote it. You know, here's how, here's, here's the blueprint. And then we were looking at it and then he had an idea as he was lighting. He was going, did you see this? Like, there's a lot of depth of feel here. She can maybe be in the background. And I said, I didn't even see that. So we shot that. Awesome. Ron Lee, he wasn't really directing. He had an idea at the very end. Um, you know, for the guy, the, the mob boss to come to, come up to me and kiss me right when I'm about to kiss his daughter, he steps in and grabs me, needle hits the record, kisses me. And I'm turning, break the fourth wall and look in the camera like, what the fuck does that? Right, right. Um, great. It worked. It summed it all up. It put the button on it. It, it was, you know, but it, my point is, is like, I'm constantly collaborating with these guys and they love it because guess what? Now they feel a part of the project because they should be, they are, right. they're putting in their time. Um, they believe in it. Yeah, I mean it's hard. I that, that's great that you do that, and I and as I'm saying, collaborate. As I'm saying, work with people. You really don't have much of a choice early on. You're yeah. doing things inexpensively. You're doing things for no money. You're asking people to give of themselves. You don't want to be that director that is demanding to the point where people are uncomfortable. Yeah, or you're being rude to people that are trying to help you and it comes off as just ungrateful. Yeah. It's very difficult to navigate the waters of independent film um, and shooting whatever, you know, short or, or piece of work you're doing and also be grateful and, and, and try to make it all work. This one guy I'll never forget. He was the most dedicated filmmaker I'd ever met in my life, dude. He worked two jobs. He had a studio apartment in El Segundo before it was cool. And uh, we did this horror movie and I played the killer he fired everybody, dude. Mm. The whole entire crew. It wasn't a big crew. It was maybe like, same thing, maybe like 10 people. But before I know it, he was, he had the camera, he had the boom, he had everything. And it, 
it just uh, it just felt. It's a weird thing. I'm, it's funny. We're having this conversation. I'm starting to think about when you're doing a movie. What's more important? Discussing the scenes and having the proper feel to your scene or getting through it because you don't have the money and you don't have the time to do it. Right. There's two things you're battling against. You're battling against. And you're battling against money. Yeah. But in the end, you have to have a great movie. Otherwise, what's the point of everybody being there? Yeah. So there's, I was talking to an investor recently about a movie that we're planning on making. And part of the problem is when you get into making movies, if you're going to spend really good money, millions of dollars making a movie, you want to be sure that your money is not directing the film. Mm. You want to make sure that you're creatively giving the opportunity to your director to direct that movie and not tying his hands because you don't have enough money. You don't have enough time. A lot of times you're doing a scene and someone and the director will turn to you and say, you know, this isn't working and we've been working on it all day and this scene's not going to work. Not like this. Yeah. And you may have to come back another day. Now, in an independent film, you don't have time to come back. How do you figure out what the best way to get the best movie is? I think in in some cases you have to rehearse a lot prior to shooting. Yeah. That people are willing to do that. Um, and also make sure that you have enough money that you're able to go, mm, this is the most important emotional scenes in the movie. I got to make sure that if it's not working now, um, that I can come back later and do it. So that's interesting. I think... Uh, we can get back into collaborations in the future, but I think this is a great conversation about what you're doing and about collaborating and about, you never know who's around you. You might be working with Scorsese, your best friend might be Spielberg, your other buddy might be De Palma, yeah. and uh, and you might as well collaborate because if I if you knew that your friends were those four historic film directors, would you listen to them? What? Of course. All right. Well, so maybe <laughs> well, someone around you is the next De Palma or the next Spielberg. So you might as well collaborate with them. The guy who took your part, Marco Antonio, uh, John Fitzgerald, um, he 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 was a producer. And now he's gotten into acting. And he's done a couple of indies, but he has a partner and they're doing some pretty pretty cool stuff. And they bought the rights to the story of Sammy Gravano when he went into witness protection in mm. Tucson. And he got busted. You know, they started selling uh, his kid. They were doing ecstasy. And that's what put him in prison, right? Mm. So he got the rights to that story, him and his partner, who's a filmmaker, the guy. Mm. And so I had no idea. I just knew that this dude, you know, he would be perfect. He's a character. I hope he's great because I don't want to be watching it thinking, man, I could have done a better job. No, he's, he's, no, (laughs) you would have done great anyways, but he's, he, he really captured it. Someday I'll try it. Someday I'll try it. It just, this was my shot. This was it. This was your, this was your, uh, Joe, um, um, Let's talk about business plans. It's good because this shouldn't be a long conversation. I'm going to, you know, I, I think we talked about it and I cut it out in an earlier podcast just because I was really flip about it. Be honest. I think business plans are really great if you're going to use them to educate yourself on what you're pitching. Because sometimes if you, if you go through and look for a business plan builder, I think there's a, 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 an yeah. app yeah, it's called Business Plan Builder, and each page says, you know, what's your project about? And then yeah. the next page is about what, who are you selling it to? Uh, what's it going to take? How are you going to spend your money? Here's the budget, right? All that stuff is great because you're going to need to know it anyway. Yeah. 
But business plans don't raise money. They really don't. People raise money. You know, I I can't walk into a room, say nothing, give you a business plan and have you come around and go, wait a minute, come back here. (laughs) Hold on a second, buddy. Hang (laughs) on. This thing's amazing. I'm investing. But it shows your preparation. It shows that you took the time to see comparable movies it's uh, and and how they how yours will fit into the marketplace it shows that you understand your budget and who you're going to be going for i think business plans have to be honest and i think a lot of times i have a very negative reaction towards business plans because i believe they're not honest yeah you know you can't make an indie film and do a business plan that has a studio comparison in there That's because a good point. Well, because yeah. it's not true, right? You're you're not trying to lie to people. You're trying to say, look, we're going to make an indie. Yeah. It's going to look like these. Yeah. But where we're going to sell it is in these markets. There's these there's these independent distributors where, you know, these names at this budget are going to be great, and this is what it could make. Can it make hundred million dollars? Well, uh, movies have proven that they can. My big fat Greek wedding, That's which it, yeah. was a huge indie. Um, there's lots, there's been lots of, um, movies that are indie that have made a ton of money and broken records. Yeah. Swingers created stars. Now, do you put that in a business plan? I don't think so. I think that that's a dangerous business plan. If you're saying we're going to be big fat Greek wedding, you can say comparables, right? Well, you can compare if your movies like big fat Greek wedding, uh, then you can say, we're going to go for trying to do that. But really, a business plan just tells you where you fit in the market. It tells you what you're going for. And it really shouldn't be like this fake um, imaginary business yeah. of we're going to go out and make a movie and we're going to put it in AMC theaters and it's going to be an unknown because that's not up to you. Right. Your job is to make a movie and to hope that uh, someone with a distribution company sees it and is able to take now do their job, which is take your movie market it and try to sell it to the highest bidder. Uh, You know, uh, it's funny because in the beginning, remember I made some pitch decks. I made one for a movie called Dino and me. um, By the way, you're making a good point. I don't mean to interrupt you. This is a great point. Yeah. Business plan in our business is a pitch deck. Yes. Which is your, maybe some artwork that you created your one page pitch on what the story is pictures of the movie or uh, uh, examples of what it would look like and then who you're going to cast in it potentially who's who's producing and directing it now in your eyes and then a final page where it says call my lawyer walter bad if you're interested or you know whatever but that is a you brought up the perfect point a pitch deck which is about three to five pages long is a perfect way to throw all that stuff in only five pages yeah See, my pitch deck for Dino Me. Go ahead, sorry. But, no, it's okay. But mine was pretty big. Um, but I, I did too much with the proposed cast and this and that. But you're right. All you need is artwork for the cover uh, and then synopsis, short synopsis, or about a page, you know. Uh, I do a log line, short synopsis, and then um, and then usually that's about it, dude. Right. If I have, like, for instance, El Chingon Lives, the one I'm doing right now, I did a pitch deck for it. I did artwork. I did uh, synopsis, logline, and then I did sonified in the numbers that sonified carries, like you know the viewership and the hotel rooms and all that stuff, because that's where it's going to live right. when it when it first goes out. Right. And then I'm going to try to like you know festivals. And yeah, all pitch stuff. decks are cool. I mean, if we if we but could... that's like a wouldn't that that's the equivalent of a uh, business plan. 
business plan. Yeah, I think I think on a smaller level, I I think it's more honest. Yeah. Uh, to be a producer that gives you a pitch deck than to give you a big old fat business plan for a movie anywhere below $2 million because there's probably not a solid business plan. I mean, you're taking some massive risk here yeah. um, that you're going to make a great movie and that it's going to sell and that someone's going to spend money marketing it because the money you're raising is not to market it. It's to make the movie. Yeah. So I, someone else got to take over once you make it and and do that other thing. But let's, I want to connect this to an earlier podcast we had, which was about raising money. If you meet with somebody that wants to fund your movie and they want a solid business plan, that's fine. But movie making doesn't necessarily always have a straight line to how you're going to get your money back. Yeah. Right. Sometimes there's going to be actors that you put into it that help you get your money back. Making a great movie is going to help you get your money back. Um, but making sure that you're making the movie in a genre that is popular. Action is always very popular all over the world. Comedy is not popular all over the world because it's subjective. Yeah. So if something's funny in the U.S., it might not be funny overseas. So does that affect the ability to make your money back on an indie? Yeah. Unfortunately, the answer to that is yes. Horror, I feel, is, is one that... Horror is universal. Yeah. You know, you can get away with just about anything as long as you make it scary. Yeah. And, uh, and you, you know, the guys who made Saw did an amazing job. They did a short and it was so amazingly well done that they ended up going on to make Saw 1, 2, 3, 4. You I saw, you got, you got a, the uh, video, I, right? I watched the video. I tried to call those guys. I tried to try to get a hold of them, but by the time James I had- won. Oh, is it James, James Wong? Wong. Yeah, I James. Just directed Aquaman now. Yeah, James. Did he really? Look yeah, at that. that career. Lionsgate had already paid them a million dollars to do- the movie. And they didn't give much. A million bucks said, go make your movie. I think Carrie Elways was in it or something like that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I had seen early, an early version of that. But yeah, you know, whatever genre you're working in, if you're doing an indie, it just depends on who you're working with, what the product is, and how much your investor believes. But if they're asking for a business plan and they have no idea about your movie and no idea about the business, and, you know, they're probably not going to invest based on a business plan because your business plan is going to be sort of vague because yeah. you don't know for sure. If you're doing a horror film, you probably have a better chance of making your money back. If you're doing a action film and you have someone who knows what they're doing, you probably have a good chance of getting your money back. If you have an actor that's semi known, you probably have a good chance of getting your money back. If you're doing a romantic comedy, mm, mm. tough, if you're doing a comedy, straight comedy, then mm, a little difficult. Yeah. But there are people that invest in those things. So it's just a matter of who you are, whether or not they're investing in you. Yeah. And whether or not you can collaborate with that investor to figure out what's next. But so I, I think that the takeaway and the answer is you could do a business plan. It'll help you. Um, or you can do a pitch deck, which is three to five pages long with some artwork. Yeah. Who you're going to have in it, what your story is what you plan on doing a little something about you. Um, and then that starts the conversation yeah. of where you're going. And then your lawyer can kind of take over from there and close the rest of it. But um, yeah, I think for this type of business, there's probably less business plan work that you need to do. More visual. Yeah. More visual, a little bit shorter, a little bit more story. Yeah. What the plan is. And then you move and then you go from there. Yeah. 
That was a good conversation. That was good. I like that. Thanks for filling us in on uh, on where you are in your shoot. I can't wait to get to the end where we have a big success. Yeah. Uh, end of June, early July. That's the that's what I'm gonna shoot for. All right. Let me get the location and a little bit. Well, next time uh, we meet, I'm hoping we have Sean Reddick in here. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I think the next podcast we're gonna get big time producer Sean Reddick in here uh, with his wife, who's also a producer and an actress, Yvette Yates. Let's see if we can't make that happen for next next time around. In the meantime, Wings Nichols is gonna pitch it. In the meantime, right. Wings Nichols. Ice Roberts. Ice Roberts. <laughs> and Tootie Rinks. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, hopefully that was helpful, and we'll uh, catch you next time on Let's Get Into It. Get into it. <laughs> that was good. Robert's going to cut the shit out of that. I, I certainly am. Yeah.